Hey guys, how you doing? We're here with the awesome Sheldon Dingwall, who is the man behind, obviously, Dingwall Bases, and uh, and he's been cool enough to come down here and hang out in the studio. And what we're going to talk about, obviously, is his bases. But I actually want to know how you got into this racket in the first place. Like, were you a guitar builder first? Were you were you a bass player? Were you an, a guitar player first? I was a drummer first. Oh no! Then guitar player, hey. and then and then <laughs> and then fell in love with bass, but never got good at bass. Oh, and like were you like just playing as a kid? Yeah. Uh, well, that was my career from 15 on. I, I taught music uh, all through high school and and after that, and then went out and toured. Um, so for the most part, I've I've made my living with music. Oh, really? So you actually like pro musician? Yeah, yeah. So when did when did you decide to uh, put the instruments down and start making them? At 12, I started designing guitars. And they were terrible. 12. They were terrible. They were, you know, a little kid's drawing of guitars. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I was hooked. And at 16, I, I sent a letter off to Ibanez thinking that, uh, oh, really? that they would see this letter and go, oh, my God, a 16-year-old wants to de design guitars for us. This is awesome. You know, let's <laughs> yeah, call yeah, them up. Yeah, and, yeah, 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 yeah. And, uh, and uh, it's funny because now I get letters from 16-year-olds who <laughs> want to design bases <laughs> yeah, for us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you and, kind of feel sorry for them? You're like, I've been there. Yeah. No, no, I, I go, uh, good for you, good for you. Um, and uh, uh, it's, it's the funny thing about the guitar industry, about the manufacturing side, is it's not like building cars where you can have a race and, and the guy that wins is like, ah, and, yeah, yeah, and yeah. the rest of the suck. Yeah, uh, yeah. With guitars, there is no best guitar or with bass guitars. Um, and so all, all of all of the builders are friends. Like, yeah, I know you all know each other, don't you? Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 And we're all, we're all fans of each other's work because... Because they do something that that is brilliant, and you can you can appreciate how hard it was for them to do it, and, and yeah, you're all geeking out over the same stuff. Exactly. Right? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. You're like, yeah, absolutely. It's like bass players, isn't it? Same thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah. So you've been sort of like into wanting to make instruments from like a super young age. Would that be correct? Yeah. Really, really young, and 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 I would have been just as happy, I think. Um, if I would have been able to work for another company and, and been in the design yeah. department. Um, but uh, in the middle of Canada, which which if you look on the map, you, you look look for nowhere on the map, and it's, it's right big. in the middle of that. It's big. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. So are you in the middle of nowhere, kind of thing? Yeah. Yeah. The, the town is uh, three hundred thousand people, and and it's in a it's in an area probably the size of the UK with a million population. It's really sparsely populated. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Got you. Yeah. But um, and I didn't realize the significance of this until until just recently. Um, there's a guy there, Glenn McDougall, started Fury Guitars in 1962. So he was the very first um, guitar manufacturer in Canada. Yeah. And I was aware of him as a kid, and I was aware of the size of his shop. Um, and so there was never a mental hurdle to get across of, you know, could I do this? Because I always knew. Somebody else is doing it, so it's, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, if one man can do it, so can another. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I think a lot of times people, people don't take that first step because they're thinking, ah, oh, it's impossible. Yeah, it. because you don't know what you don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, just something as simple as knowing somebody else has done it. You, 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 there's so much, 
so it was much. like the one minute mile thing, wasn't it? Like exactly. That's a really, really, so that's like the famous example of that. It's it, like it, when Roger Bannister ran the, the no, not a one minute mile, what was it? A four minute mile. Four minute mile, one minute mile. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We're still working on that well, one. Well, <laughs> he was like really on steroids, that Roger Bannister guy. But yeah, when he did the four minute mile, right after that, like tons of other people that same year did a four minute mile because it had been proved that it could be done. Yeah. It's the same kind of thing, isn't it? Yeah. yeah you can yeah. see, you've seen somebody doing it, you know you can do it. Um, when did you make your actual first instrument? I started with bridges. You started start, with bridges, with yeah. Bridges, yeah. Um, I'd heard about this Floyd Rose locking bridge. I'm a guitar player. Yeah. This Floyd Rose locking bridge, and, and I saw a postage stamp size photo of one, and I, it wasn't big enough to actually understand what was going on. All I knew that was that you clip off the end of the string, stick it in, yeah, clamp yeah, it, yeah, yeah. and uh, and in Canada they were. You couldn't find them, and and uh, back then it was, they were crazy expensive. So, were they actually being used on guitars, or were they like being retrofitted at that point? Not yet. This this was when they they first came out. He was probably still hand building them in his, in right, his okay, basement yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And so it was like, okay, well, going to design my own. So sat down. Had never worked with metal before. And, and how old are you at this point? Uh, twenty, I think, maybe yeah, nineteen. Yeah. And uh, oh, did you have like a like, was your dad sort of like, you know, into building stuff? Or? Not at all. My dad was a minister, which explains maybe sort of the rebel side of me. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But not the uh, not the design or metalwork side. So it was like a complete wild card idea. I, I used to, I didn't have sandpaper. I used to uh, go out into the sidewalk and I, with a piece of wood and I'd rub it on the sidewalk and <laughs> shape it. Um, Amazing. And uh, so uh, my sister married somebody... Uh, uh, whose uncle was a was a uh, a craftsman yeah in, in his spare time and so he he taught me woodworking and finishing and metalworking and and uh, so you had somebody to kind of sort of like steer you in the right direction yeah. yeah yeah i mean i like to say i've got no training in anything i do which is true i have no official training but i have lots of mentors you, yeah, and, you've, yeah yeah you've yeah. done it a long time and made all the mistakes along the way and done that yeah yeah, yeah. and uh and that's probably the longest. If, if 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 you want to spend a long time learning something, do it yourself. You know? Yeah, but yeah, yeah, it's a it's a great learning style. I think it's a great learning style. I think sometimes there's more to be learned, like kind of making the mistakes yeah. yourself than people telling you to try and avoid them. Like for certain things, anyway. You know? Yeah, I mean, school always made me feel dumb. You know, I, I didn't excel at school, um, but I could excel when I was self-directed uh, at yeah. learning and. Um, and uh, my high school guidance teacher told me uh, I wanted to be an architect, and and she said, "Oh, Sheldon, <laughs> Sheldon, <laughs> Sheldon, those expectations, <laughs> dear boy." You know? <laughs> yeah. And uh, um, and one of our bases is going to be featured in an architectural uh, textbook in Italy. Dick? Yeah, know, yeah, it's, wicked, it's, yeah. But it took thirty years, <clears throat> well, forty years, I guess, to to get to that point. To get to it, yeah, yeah. 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 So when you when you were making those bridges, did you or did you make it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I made it, put, uh, installed it on the guitar, and... And, um, and was it a similar type of, like, the lock-in, was it around, used around the idea? Was it developed around the idea? It was, and and um, it was brutal. It worked, but it it, it really did look <laughs> It held brutal. the six strings in place, it yeah. It held it in place, it stayed in tune. Um, I, I toured with it for for a couple of years, and, and I think I threw it away eventually because I, I actually bought a, a real one. yeah. And I wish I would have kept it, but uh, uh, it was crude. But you know, that's 
that's all part of it, you know? Absolutely. You know? Was that the first thing you actually built, yeah, yep. to do with it? Yep. And then how did that lead on to, like, what you do now? Like, did you start making guitars first or basses or...? My big plan was, um, at that time, it was... It was uh, hair metal and Ingve Malmsteen and Scallops. I used to love Ingve Malmsteen. I still yeah. love Ingve. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant guy. Yeah. Um, right. What was it called? Rise of the or something? Yeah. Uh, right. Ra- the album. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I love him, but haven't listened to him in a while. Um, <laughs> uh, and 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 I got I fell in love with Scallop um, fingerboards and uh, oh sorry reverse a little bit. I was aware of them. Didn't think I could play them, and then I then I picked up a Gitler. Uh, you ever heard yeah, of a Gitler? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So picked up one of those and went, "My God, you have so much control over the strings. You can you can bend entire chords." And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so that's where I got the bug. I, I uh, started. So you scalped your own guitar on my hotel bedroom. Uh, on, on my hotel bed, ebony. Um, yeah. With a bunch of files, drove them <laughs> drove the maids nuts. The whole room was black dust. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. Uh, and every, I every day they came in, they was like, <laughs> "We just cleaned up this yesterday. There's more black dust." <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> didn't even have time to try it out. It was like, "Child, we're on." And so, yeah, like, yeah, strung it yeah. up and ran downstairs and started playing, and uh, and that was it. I was hooked. And so the whole business plan was. I'm going to build guitar necks. Oh, is that what you were going to do? Yeah, that yeah, was it. Yeah. Um, scallop guitar necks. Scallop guitar yeah, necks yeah. for Stratocaster. Very niche. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I, uh, I, 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 I filled up the entire market for that within months. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So then, you know, um, business 101, you know, what do, what do your customers want? Find out what they want and, and do that. Yeah. And so. And did you like start, did you set up a workshop and. Uh, kitchen table yeah. started on a kitchen table and uh, borrowed my uncle's uh, shop and um, and uh, I was you know waiting on tables at the time and continued to do that to support myself. I think I I was selling necks internationally and still uh, still a waiter and, and yeah, nobody knew yeah. it's like yeah 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 I'm buying necks from this yeah this like side business yeah, yeah buying this stuff from a waiter. <laughs> um, and so uh, uh, that led to people asking for bodies. So okay, we built bodies, and then and then they needed somebody to assemble them. So that meant we had to stock parts. And um, oh, so it was like really sort of like homegrown. It was like a really earthy sort of like development into it. Yeah, absolutely. And and, and the very first guitar I shipped to the states uh, uh, had a call within a week saying, "Hey, I really like that guitar that you built for my friend. Can you make me a bass?" And and I was like, "Whoa." Um, Man, what do you want in a bass? And he says, "I want a five-string with a good B." And uh, so I, I was like, "Man, well, what have you tried?" And he named all the brands he tried. And I'm going, "Man, those are the guys. They're the top in the industry. If, yeah, yeah, if they yeah. haven't figured it out, you've come to the wrong place." <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. How um, old are you at this point? Uh, 25. <clears throat> all right, wicked, cool. Yeah. And uh, you know how it is when you get an idea stuck in your head, you can't sleep. It's like it's just yeah, yeah, yeah. Damn, yeah, I gotta yeah. figure this out. Yeah. Um, and and it was maybe a handful of, of uh, bass players asking for the exact same thing, and and uh, you know we're I'm a we're a small business, and and uh, I found if you get like you get a lot of requests, but if you get two that are the same or three that are the same, man, then you're onto something. Yeah, it, yeah. it doesn't take a, a large numbers to yeah. to know which direction. If two or three go. people, are, you know that there's like ten more other people that are, that haven't been bothered to contact you, but yeah. but that are thinking the same exact thing. Right? Exactly. And uh, oh, I forgot to mention um, 
Did I mention that piano was my first instrument? No. I think I said drums, yeah. Yeah, I started piano, piano when you were a kid, yeah. At five, so yeah. I still remembered, you know, walking up to the piano, and at that time, I was my eyes were the same level as the keys, and, and plink, plink, plink at this end, and, and it wasn't very satisfying, and then hitting the low notes, <laughs> and hearing, yeah, the, yeah, hearing yeah. the harmonics, uh, you know, um, um, uh, oscillating, uh, I was just enthralled with that. And so when bass players are saying, I can't get a good B, I'm going... It is doable. They've done it. Yeah, on because it's working on a piano. Yeah, yeah, yeah so that's where yeah. I went first. Yeah, I, I I didn't even look at basses. I looked at pianos first. Wow. And uh, talked to the people at Baldwin and and um, learned as much as I could about scale lengths and clang tones and things like that. And wow. so it was it was super obvious that length was was the key. Yeah. But who wants to play this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well, did you ever make a huge? Was there any? Was there ever, and no. there wasn't. You didn't ever sort of like knock out a forty-inch scale. <laughs> um, I, I I found this, this the thirty-seven-inch scale. I, I found by taking a Fender and and I found a, a, a B string. I don't even know what gauge it was. There was no package, but it was big enough to be a, a B string. Yeah. And put it on the G side, and then built a, a a piece of wood that could act as a nut that could sit on the headstock. Yeah. And on the G side of a P, you can. You can slide it up and down to the tuner. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so I could do simulate a thirty-seven inch scale. Uh, I wasn't looking for thirty-seven. I was just looking for what sounded right. Yeah, you were just trying to see if it actually worked in theory and getting a vibe for it. Yeah. And um, at at, at 30, is that what, how you got into sort of like testing it to start with, just on like like a P Fender sort of like style thing, yep. putting that B string on the way the G string is, yep. because obviously it could go right over the headstock, can't it? Yeah. Yeah, left left the E where it was, so I'd have something to compare to, and yeah. then just started sliding and comparing the B to the E. Yeah. And and it wasn't like a gradual progression. It was like oh, that didn't really make much difference, and that didn't make much difference, and that's eh, starting to sound. And then it, everything happened within between 36 and 37 inches. It just went, whoop, and uh, all of a sudden the B. The had, fundamentals they seemed the same. Had yeah. the same had the same timber as the E. Yeah. And then where did you go from that? So once you found that out, did you in your mind were you thinking, oh, I'll do some sort of like fan fret thing? No, no. You I, were just trying to figure out how long it needed to be. Yeah, and at that yeah. point I thought, yeah, the trail's gone cold because nobody's going to play a 37 inch bass. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. Unless it's like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then I remember opening up a, a guitar player magazine and, and seeing a fan fret Novak guitar and just going, oh, this is how you do it. <laughs> Mind blown, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't put the two pieces together, but, but uh, you know, fan frets are explaining what the frets are doing, but multi-scale is explaining what the strings are doing. Yeah, and, yeah. And it's just like taking a slice out of a piano or a harp. Yeah. And, um, and then transferring that over to the bass side of things. Yeah, and were you still mid-20s when you when you saw yeah. that, yeah? Yeah, 1992. So what did you do next? Once you saw that and you were like, that's it. Like, how do you figure that stuff out? Come on, it's so weird. <laughs> well, it was a eureka moment, but it was also really humbling because I was, at that time, I just designed this aluminum structure that, that uh, would hold the neck and the bridge and you could just take the body wings and stick it on and... And yeah. I thought, oh man, this is so awesome. Yeah. yeah. And uh, then I opened up the magazine to see the Novaks, and I was like, oh, I suck. <laughs> and um, and it just so happened within within a month or two, uh, there was a Luthiers convention, and um, in down in South Dakota, and um, Novak was there, and uh, I remember I, I had to get all these guitars shipped, 
And uh, back then, I, I was young enough to be able to work around the clock. And I still didn't have them ready, so I worked around the clock a second time. Yeah, I still yeah, didn't yeah, have them yeah. ready. And it was 54 hours. Um, and I, I got all the guitars done, shipped, jumped in the car, and drove to South Dakota. Yeah. And um, uh, Ralph was there and bumped into him and said, uh, man, I don't think these things are playable. So I closed my eyes and I started playing chords, and it was like, huh, nothing's out of place. Yeah, yeah, seems completely fine. And I said... I really don't see any application for guitars, but but uh, I think for basses, this would be awesome. And, uh, and he was like, well, you know what? Um, and, you know, we talked about other things, too, and we kind of hit it off. And and he said, I tell you what, you go back to Canada, you work on basses, I want to stick with the guitars, and, and we'll do it that way. And we shook hands. And, and that was that? And that was that, yeah. And, what, and, and like, <laughs> like, how does it work? Like, from a mathematical standpoint, like, how did he work out? Or... Like where the actual frets, what angle it's on. Yeah. So bear in mind, I know nothing about. Yeah. And, that. Yeah. And bear in mind, I'm I'm the guy they said stay away from architecture because <laughs> your math skills. Right? Uh, if if I get a calculator at uh, like run. did he did he did he was like did he give you something with like, and was like yeah oh you you just need to did he give you some sort of like mad equation just nope. do this no no it was um, he was like see you like shook hands go figure it out on your own. Yeah, so, uh, you know, back then, um, there were dot makes matrix printers. So you could print uh, a scale this long. Yeah. And, and so the first thing was, I know I want 37, and I know I want 34. So, you know, do I want the nut like this and the bridge normal, or do I want the, the nut normal and the bridge at an extreme angle, or do we want it someplace in between? Yeah. And there's an interesting thing. If, if, if you're tuned into guitar design... You can see the location that the luthier's from. Like, you can see, you can take a look at a French guitar and go, that guy's French. Really? Or a German guitar. Yeah. He's German. Yeah. Or he's yeah, American. Yeah. Or, or. I know a lot of the German builders have like a similar look. You yeah. Know? Yeah. yeah, yeah and yeah, same with yeah. the French. Yeah. And, um, and where I grew up is agricultural. And, and, uh, and if you don't stay warm in winter, you're going to die. And, and so everything's just so sort of. It gets super cold out near you. Yeah. Yeah. Were you laughing when you came to the UK? <laughs> was it like a light frosting for you? We've got snow over here at the minute. Were you just like, ha? Ah. <laughs> no, because I dressed for, for London weather and I was like, oh, oh. <laughs> my coat's at home, my toque's at home. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't impressed. Um, and all my shoes are like, they, they're not weatherproof. So. Yeah, you've not got wellies or anything like yeah. that. Anyway, you were saying about um, your agricultural, the, where the guitars came, or the design. Yeah, so all the architecture that that I was exposed to as a kid, it, it's all make it fast, make it cheap. I got to get out in the fields and and get back in before it snows, you know. So yeah, it's yeah, yeah. it's uh, very simplistic, very you know on the X and Y straight. Um, and so that influenced the base design. The base is going to be expensive because it's made in Canada. It's not made overseas. Yeah. So it's going to have to pay for itself, and and so what frets do bass players use to to uh, make their living? And so uh, I don't know if we coined the term or stole it from somebody else, but call these frets the money frets. Yeah, yeah, the money frets. Yeah. And so if you if you notice, um, they're right in the center of the money frets is where the the fret is perpendicular. <laughs> and so and that was that born from the idea, yeah. Yeah, you knew that these were going to be the the ones that were going to be used the most. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, these frets will will you know get you a girlfriend, but these ones are going to get you paid. <laughs> yeah, and um, and so that was the thinking, and so just printed out 
paper templates and slid them under the strings on a fretless and had a bass player, a friend of mine, Terry Collison, try it and go, what do you think of that? And then just take another paper template. What do you think of that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and he agreed. He preferred the that hinge fret right in the middle of the Right there, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it is right there, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Why are these frets super small as well? I've noticed that on a lot of your instruments, you use tiny frets. Where did that come from? Yeah, it didn't come from my background um, because I came from, the from you know, 80s big rock where yeah. you know, everything was big yeah. and, and the frets and, were like school buses. Yeah, yeah, they're huge and high, yeah. And um, and so the very first basses use those frets because I assume, well, basses are bigger, so they need the biggest fret possible. Yeah, and yeah. Dunlop 4000s are like... <laughs> <laughs> like rail tracks. And... and um, Met Lee Sklar at, at at my very first NAMM show, and um, and he liked the bass, and he wanted to try one, so I sent him one, and he got it on a Friday, and recorded with Brian Wilson on a on a Saturday. It's like the very first chance it had. It was in Brian Wilson's studio. Oh, amazing! Um, and he said, "I love it, love it, love it." The only thing I forgot to ask was, I, I like small frets, and I said, "Well, how small?" And he says, "I like mandolin frets." And I'm thinking, really? I'm thinking, oh my God, are you serious? And uh, I thought, well, he's Lee Sklar. What Lee wants. <laughs> yeah, what, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I ordered some in and installed them, and I thought, this is crazy. And but you know, you have those those memories that that are like yesterday. They so they're so clear in your yeah, absolutely in your yeah. mind. Yeah. And I still remember, um, however long it was ago, '95, uh, playing them for the first time and going, this is life changing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, when I picked up this pace, I was like, "Wow!" You can feel the 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 board, you know, yeah. you can, way easily or way more easy. And and it it's it sounds too simple to be true, but the bigger the fret, the more you're hearing metal, and the smaller the fret, the more you're hearing wood. Yeah, yeah. And it changed the tone, and it made the made the neck feel slimmer, and it and sliding was was uh, Easier, effortless, yeah, and, yeah. and it wasn't clack clack clack. It was do 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 do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I, I was, I was sold. The only thing was, is that mandolin frets are really hard to install because they're so tiny. It's easy to overdo it and press them in, like the whole fret into the wood. Into and, the wood, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. we we went with, at the time, it was vintage '60s wire that was the same stuff that Fender would have been using. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 And, and Martin. And is it mandolin now? Uh, this would be more, more like vintage martin or banjo or vintage fender right wear. okay yeah yeah yeah, yeah. We it's still amazing do, we still do the mando on the on the lee sklar model oh really yeah is it yeah. even smaller than this it's tiny tiny yeah it's 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 about half that size it's half that size yeah yeah oh but it feels amazing it feel amazing yeah. yeah and where did he get the idea from um lee's lee's almost one of those he's, he's like fearless to try stuff um, and so he was in John, um, I can't remember his last name, um, famous luthier in LA, but originally from Canada. Uh, he was in his shop getting, uh, his, his base refretted the, uh, the autograph base, the one that you always see. In the, the, the one. Yeah. 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 P base thing, isn't it? Yeah. 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 And, um, and, uh, he saw a, a coil of, of, um, mandolin wire in the wall. He said, why don't you put those in? And John was like, Lee, that's for mandolins. He yeah. says, yeah, I know. Just, why don't you try it? So he tried it, and, and uh, he's been that way ever since. What? And on all his bases got mandolin for All of yeah. his bases, yeah. Wow. Because he's got like a really particular sound, actually. I wonder if it's something to do with it. Absolutely. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. And really high action, too. 
He's got a really high action. I knew he'd have a high action. He looks like yeah. a high action man. Yeah. He's, he's just too manly. Yeah. He's got the beard and the... And yeah. He, he started on upright, so... <laughs> oh, did he? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And he hasn't shaved since he was 17. That beard is... You he's had that beard are since he was 17. kidding me. Yeah. I'm go- he's not shaved at all since he was 17. That's right, yeah. Holy moly. So, that is amazing. Um, so, God, I'm so sorry, Dan. Dan's the... Anything about hair? Dan's our videographer over there. And... <laughs> He's got yeah. great hair, by the way. He's got great hair. He told me he tussled in the other day. <laughs> sprained his neck. <laughs> and sprained his neck, yeah. I said toweling, but he heard tussling. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so, obviously... <laughs> that is the best bit. That's got to be the bit. That's the, that's the yeah, that's the best that's bit. That's going to make the video, <laughs> That's going to, yeah. That's we'll start it off with you're gonna, that. You're going to play the bass. I'm going to play the bass, yeah, yeah, yeah. So obviously your you know the 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 dingwall operation is a, a lot bigger now. You've got your thing going on in Canada. You've obviously got you're doing stuff offshore as well. Mm-hmm. Like, what's your whole operation looking at like at the minute? How many people have you got working for you? Um, I'm going to say about because because I, I have to count every time. But uh, we're at about 14 people now. Okay. Yeah. Um, we need more. We're we're looking at hiring some more to help out um, with the communication. Um, because that's a real struggle. Uh, you know, you don't think about it. We we just build I do. bases. I do. <laughs> ah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I run a business. Yeah, the operations and communications. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm answering yeah. messages at eleven o'clock at night. And, yeah, yeah. And first thing in the morning, and and I still can't keep up. And um, and uh, you know, the one of the one of the interesting things at the show here was running into somebody, and and the first thing he says to me is, "You don't answer your emails." And I'm going, oh, crap. Uh, I keep forgetting what it's like from the other side. And yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So I'm going to have to hire yeah. somebody to, to help, out, help yeah. out with that because yeah. because that's that's important too. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, about 14 people. And um, you're all based in the in the same place? Are you all working? Is it sort of like 14 people go to that workshop every day and you do the, yeah, you do the thing? Yeah. We, we just expanded to the space next to us. Um, we needed that space for quite some time, and, and it, it finally came available. And... Um, and it was just like the people were moving out and the uh, building owner came over with the contract to sign and he's like handing it to me and the door rings and it's the guy who changed his mind. And he wanted the space back. And it was like, oh, oh really? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was like 30 seconds would have made all the difference. And you got it. And we got it. You got it. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And because um, the guys, the guys processing um, the import stuff, uh, we put four to six hours into every imported base we finish them basically yeah um, oh so what's so the so the bases are made in, where are the in china yeah, yeah. No, not all not all the bases guys that you obviously have sort of like you build bases in-house but some yeah. of them come from china don't they yeah so yeah. we call them the production line yeah, um, yeah. and then the custom line so we have and, two two okay, parallel yeah, lines yeah. um one team works on on one line and the other team works on the other got it yeah and um and uh at, at lunchtime they they wrestle each other you know yeah, was it scary to get that like whole, that whole thing setting it up? Was it like? It was. Yeah. Um, Obviously, you, like going to China, finding the right factory, and getting the tooling right, and that whole thing. I didn't start in China. I started, you know, started with Larrabee in Canada and Godin in Canada. Oh, and, really? And uh, yeah, I got, yeah. tried Taylor and and um, uh, fifteen. Because back then we were still the only guys really doing anything with with uh, fan frets and multi scale. Yeah. And all these factories would look at it and go. Eek. 
right. Yeah, and yeah. You want to buy how many? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and two? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They want you to buy 200 or whatever it is, yeah. Or, or more, yeah. Is it more, yeah. Yeah, and... Um, and so it was 15 different factories I talked to yeah. and got quotes from. And, and uh, a lot of the quotes were like, oh, my God, you know, yeah, that's that's just not going to work. Yeah. Um, but right around that time, we, we got kicked out of our space um, and uh, just finished NAM and, and every credit card was maxed out and the bank accounts were empty. And, and we get a knock at the door and it's, uh, boys, it's time to leave. You know, we'd been there wow. for, for 10 yeah, years. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. And so it, it it was super stressful with that, and super stressful going into a new venture. But I had to I had to um, have financing for the um, for the production line. Yeah, and that helped with the financing for moving the shop. Okay, so yeah, it yeah, all yeah, kind yeah, of happened yeah. at once. Yeah, it kind of sort of like one fed the other and kind of moved around a bit. Yeah, yeah. I think if you talk to a lot of small businesses and and they're honest, um, every single business within you know five every five years or so will will have a situation where it's like uh, we almost died. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I've, I know like, like a ton of people that's happened to. Yeah, and unfortunately, some people it does they do die. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And but fortunately, you know, you guys made it through. Um, when you are like w- when you were setting it all up, did you with your custom line? Do you sell them direct, or do you do the whole distribution thing? Like, can people get them in shops, or do they have to contact you directly? Um, it's it's interesting because uh, we have so many options that I've never counted it up, but it would be in the hundreds of thousands of different variations you could have. Yeah. So we do spend a lot of time dealing direct with the customer, but as much as possible, we, you know, if there's a dealer um, in your area, we won't sell direct. Right. Okay. Yeah. 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 Because dealers are dying. You know, it's, it's. Uh, um, I want my kids to be able well, to walk whole, into the whole online thing. Yeah. Is yeah. Yeah. It's changing the landscape a lot, isn't it? It is, and and I'm all for I'm all for progress. I'm 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 the first in line to go. Let's let's make things better. But there is something about supporting local businesses and supporting um, music stores where you can walk in and you can talk to somebody who knows what they're talking about, and he can mentor you into some equipment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's going to help you instead of taking a shot in the dark and going, "I like that color." Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah. and then you get it, and it's like, well. I'm a worse player with this bass than I was with my old one, and I just spent all my money. Now what? Yeah, you know? yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, we, we we're not big fans of of, and we won't sell to anybody that's just online. You have to have uh, a brick and mortar store, as we call them over in North America. Like, yeah, like a real yeah yeah. I'd be a real person with real, real shop, employees, yeah. and not and, like a middleman that's just going to sort of like yeah, yeah sell boxes. Yeah. yeah, basically sell boxes. Yeah, yeah. That's that's fine for other people, but that's not where we're at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And with the chi- the Chinese ones, are they do they go straight into di- um, distributors and dealers and stuff like that? So if somebody's after one of these, they would come to our shop and then and then um, they get finished, yeah. and then we would ship them to dealers. We don't have a lot of distributors. We have distributors in in Japan because Japan. Um, uh, English isn't isn't big in Japan. Yeah, um, and they really are an island under themselves. A, a really different culture from anywhere else in the so world. So you need somebody to basically do the communication side of the, to get the deals right and stuff like that. Yeah, and and tweak our products. Yeah. Um, uh, when we first started dealing with the Japanese distributor, it was just like everything was a custom order and tweaky and and something we'd never done before. Yeah. But what was happening was he was helping us develop our what we offered 
to the Japanese tastes. Right, okay, yeah. It's slightly different to Western, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and um, uh, we got in trouble with, with, um, with the U.S. because they changed the laws on, on pearl. So we had all this pearl that we'd imported from the U.S., and then we couldn't get it back in <laughs> yeah, by the yeah, guitars. Yeah. They kept right, getting okay, stopped yeah. at the border. Uh, by fish and wildlife and i'm going guys it's a bass not a bass you know yeah it's, yeah yeah yeah, you know, yeah wake up and yeah. and we finally found out it was pearl and i was like okay screw that i still have pearl in stock that that we don't use anymore but we found material from the button industry and it comes in all kinds of colors and um and so that's taken off in japan to have really have these pearlite inlays that match your finish and and uh, so that was just one tweak that that, um, that know, they really went for. Thanks, Fish and Wildlife. You, you helped and Well, us. the same thing's happened with the Rosewood now, isn't it? There's all like, the whole thing, well, like, that's a different conversation. Let's not even go there. Uh, is it okay? Is it Because obviously, for anybody that doesn't know, uh, the sh long story short is that uh, Rosewood is having issues across borders and importing it out of the States. Yeah, and, and it'd be super nice. It CITES is a worldwide <coughs> wide organization, yeah. but they leave it up to the local governments to decide, you know, how, how hard are we going to um, um, be on this? And yeah. so you could be fine going across the border between two countries and then go to a third and all of a sudden yeah. you're in trouble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But for the most part, if it's already on your instrument, um, there's been such a backlash. I mean, there's some pretty big companies, Fender, Gibson, Martin. Yeah, Taylor. like how, how are them guys going to deal with it? What are they going to... They banded together and, you know, come on, what are you doing? Yeah. Um, and so, uh, because musical instruments weren't the problem. We could, we could build guitars at the, at the current rate for millennia and still have rosewood. It was the furniture it's industry. It's the furniture industry, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, um, CITES has sort of backed down a little bit, and, and if you have rosewood on your on your base, you're going to be able to go through borders, okay? It's for, yeah, because that because that was the conversation. Like people were like, "Oh, I'm not going to be able to even fly with my base anymore." Yeah. To a gig if it's got a rosewood board, which is obviously a huge, huge deal. Providing you're not crossing the border to sell your base. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah, if yeah. you if you're taking it across to do a gig, you're cool. <clears throat> yeah. But if you take it across, sell it to somebody, and come back, um, you might have an issue. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. So don't do that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Let's talk about this bass. All right. Because obviously it rocks. It is what does it like? It's like a Thunderbird or a Firebird or it, it's, it's that kind of shape, isn't it's, it? It's based off the Thunderbird. Um, the Thunderbird was was designed by an auto designer called Ray Dietrich, and. Um, uh, Gibson brought him in in the early 60s and you know everything was going sort of space age at that time and, yeah, and yeah. Um, you know Ray you, know, you got some design chops can you do something for us and so it's an outsider's perspective on a space age looking instrument yeah yeah and um, and they had really cool construction techniques the way they the, fit the uh, the wings to the central core I was going to say the wings are actually connected to the central core yeah they? and if you yeah. look at the, at the at the central core it's cut in a bow tie shape and the and the wings ha are like arrows that fit into it oh really yeah yeah it's it's like super like cool, cool stuff yeah 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 yeah, yeah brilliant design um, and uh, uh, one of our customers suggested, hey, you ever think of doing a, a fan yeah, Well, I was going to say, was it you? Did you just think, I'm going to do it? Or were you asked no. for it? You asked no, for it, yeah. just asked for it. Yeah. And uh, at the time, I thought, oh, why, why would you do Oh, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, good idea, thanks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I wish, I wish I still had that email, because I, I can't remember who it was. I'd, I'd give him credit. Oh, you're joking. No, I'm serious. <laughs> it, it was a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, so I, <clears throat> I, I sketched it up, and I couldn't get it quite right. And um, 
and so I left it and then I you know keep coming back to it and probably eight years of monkeying around and and um, I'm one of those guys that that uh, that uh, very passion directed and so if I'm passionate about something man I'll just I'll just blaze yeah, I won't yeah. sleep I won't, 10%. I'll yeah, forget yeah, to yeah. eat and forget to breathe sometimes when I'm catting I'll like I'll, all of a sudden I'll <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, and, and then when I run out of run out of steam or I get called away for something else, then I then I go in that direction, hard and heavy. Um, and it, when the Lamborghini Huracan came out, um, the lines and the and the curves on that uh, on that body were fresh for Lamborghini. It was less angular and more muscular. Yeah. And I was just like, ah, oh, that's how I want this to be reinterpreted. This to look, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was originally designed by a Chrysler guy. Now I want to see what would happen is what if the Lamborghini guys got their hands on it? Yeah, yeah, and so yeah. So it's got yeah, a curved yeah. top. Oh yeah, um, has, hasn't it? Yeah. And then and you stayed true to the you've it's got it looks like it's got that central block yeah as well. Yeah and and in the back of it um um that's all tummy cut all of it yeah all right cut. through there isn't it yeah and then how that tummy cut interacts with the shape of the side um maintains a parallel edge along here which was really hard that oh, was yeah that was months to get that to what well, to, to get that right. bit there yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, because the two surfaces this surface and this surface if this was um maybe a different shape you wouldn't have that parallel line you'd have maybe the a sharp edge or a yeah, fat edge yeah, and, yeah yeah and to me that's half the fun of designing bodies is trying to make things like that uh work out it's a tiny tiny details isn't it yeah because you wouldn't notice you know unless you're like you know like a design a designer and it really is right right from there it's absolutely bang on the same yeah all the way yeah and what are the pickups so you said there were they're split coils are they or split coils reverse yeah. piece so there's a coil here and there's a coil there in each pickup okay yeah and that gives you the option to wire the coils either in series or in parallel. And okay. that changes the tone. So that's just, and is it, that's what this little gubbins does down here, yeah? Uh, sort of. Um, uh, they've been permanently wired in, in <coughs> I need to call my tech, I, can't, I can never remember. Either. What's the difference between series and parallel? Um, series gives you more of a humbucker tone. Yeah. Uh, typically, uh, uh, you know, a side-by-side -side humbucker is wired in, in series. Yeah. And in, it's like adding the two coils together. And because of that, you've got a lot of wire. Uh, it's like having one huge pickup, and you have a lot of wire that resists and, and rolls off the top end. Okay, yeah, And yeah. emphasizes the mid-range. Okay, so one's like more punchy, possibly, than the other. And then the other one's more mid-scoopy. Yeah, more mid-scoopy, yeah. So and which one do you go for? Well, it really depends on, on the situation. Um, you know, there are some things where parallel mid-scoop sounds better. It brings it makes, makes it sound more, more melodic. Yeah. But if you're going to try and, and if you're in a dense mix and you need to cut through and you need to make a statement. It's going to be the mid-range, isn't it? Yeah, you want the mid-range. Mid Otherwise, you're not going to get through, yeah. Yeah, I mean, our ears are wired to understand speech. Yeah. And, and, yeah. Our, and our, our voices are in the mid-range. It's in the mid-range, yeah. yeah Absolutely, so yeah. It's hugely important. Is it an active bass? Passive. Passive. So volume. Four we're going to get this. Cycle. We'll get into this in a minute, and then just a and then tone. Yeah, 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 yeah. So what does this do here? So um, this is something that that uh, that we championed for a long time because ah, I can't remember why, but I just started noticing that you know we used to offer blends, and I'd start noticing that uh, man, this bass sounds so much better. And uh, after a while, it was like, oh, okay, 
the basses that I like the sound of are all the ones with rotary switches. Really? Not yeah, the ones yeah. with blends. Not the one with blends, yeah. And so um, it gives you sort of four, four points of exit that uh, you can have an, a different adventure in each different setting. Okay, yeah. And even if you don't like the sound of, let's say, the bridge pickup by itself. Play with it long enough and all of a sudden you, you'll start, you'll, you'll go down that road where you start playing things that do sound good with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A, a different tone makes you play in a different way. It absolutely, it forces yeah. your hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah which which is yeah. a good thing. Yeah, which is why when I play jazz bass, I play completely differently to when I play a P bass because it sounds different. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And so the next setting would be these two pickups in parallel. These two here. Yeah. yeah. So more of a more of a, a stingray tone ish. Yeah. Next setting would be this pickup by itself. Is that like in the P position? It's in the P position, yeah. Yeah. And, and the first thing that comes to my mind is why would you want a, a Gibson influenced instrument to sound like a P? Well, it, it does seem like a bit of a mismatch, but. Hey, P's the, are great. The, the <laughs> we sense, might as well get, the, get it in there as well, you know? The sense I'm getting is, is the P is taking over as the dominant tone right now. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think so, yeah. 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 There's a lot it's of such cool, a great tone. Yeah, there's a lot of cool guys. It's yeah. like the, the jazz bass was there for a long time. That yeah. was that sound that you yep. heard. And the P bass is just having its time right now, isn't it? Exactly. And then um, this was something that uh, one of our artists, Rob Vanderloo, uh, came up with. And it's all three pickups together. Oh. <laughs> I actually like that one. That's the thing, to be Every, honest. Everybody does, yeah. Yeah, I actually prefer that one the best. It? It's just got a load of beef to it, hasn't it? So, yeah, I love it. So every, every artist that we've put the three pickup version in their hands with with the three, with the option of the three, um, they've all gone. The three? Yeah, they've all gone, yeah. Uh, yeah. Lee Sklar is touring right now with Phil Collins with a prototype of, of now the Lee Sklar three model. And, yeah. And um, I haven't seen him so happy in years. He's, <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just like, wow, this thing sounds great. And what's he going with all the three, yeah? Yeah, yeah. And that, was that not available on his last one? No, uh, his has always been uh, two pickups uh, sandwiched together at the bridge. Got it, yeah. Oh yeah, it's, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it looks yeah. killer actually. That bass, I really like that. Yeah, I yeah. love it. I love it. I love all your bases, man. I love the Nolly one as well. That looks amazing. What is it? The NG two? Well, now we're calling it the NG because now there's a three pickup uh, NG three. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And it started with NG two because I wanted room to go uh, to an NG one if 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 they took off and we had room to go down in the market and yeah. then room to go up in the market. It's NG three. Yeah. yeah, and. Um, and we just sort of held on to the, I mean, the bodies have been routed for three pickups for years, but we just sort of held on to that because, um, you know, if something's selling well, why would you introduce something that's that's in addition to that? Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. one of our biggest problems is is that uh, we're so back-ordered, uh, even on the production line stuff, it's like an eight-month wait just to get, if you wanted to order one today, it would take eight months for us to get it to you. Really? Well, yeah, Not because yeah, yeah, we're yeah. idiots, just because it's everything's... It's sold. a good problem to have, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, but people don't understand that in that 
sort of price range, they're kind of going, what's wrong with you guys, you know? Yeah, yeah. Give me my bass. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is the most popular of all your basses? Uh, the NG, yeah. The NG, yeah, yeah. I thought it would be, yeah. And that's a couple of things. I mean, Nolly is, is, Nolly's one of those artists that he's just so smart and his ears are so good. He knows so much about sound and he's such a great producer and yeah. a guitar player and a bass player. Um, and he has a following that, that, that people yeah. just, they look to him for uh, for direction. Well, for guidance, yeah. Nolly thinks he's good. I know that he's an absolute don. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to get what he thinks is good. Yeah, yeah. makes total sense, doesn't it, really? Exactly. And, yeah. and then teaming up with Dark Glass for the preamp, uh, again, was uh, Doug Castro is another one of those one of those um, visionaries that that's ahead of everything else, and he yeah. helped. Um, I mean, that preamp was actually designed in Disneyland. Um, <laughs> what? Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we all met at Nam one year and uh, formulating the plan for the NG, and yeah. and um, we knew it needed a preamp, and and I didn't want to go just another three band. It's like. Guys, how many variations of the three band can the world actually? Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, and uh, had a huge table. We're we're all at Disneyland having supper after Nam and and bouncing ideas around. And and Mark Stickley was over there, and I just hear him overhear a conversation where he's going, "And you know, what do you even need a treble control on a bass for?" And I was like, "Oh, yeah." And yeah, yeah. leaned over to Nolly, and I went, what, do, "What would you think about bass low mid high mid?" And he goes, "Yeah, I think that'd be great." And, really? Um, so it's actually that's the difference. Yeah, it's not bass, middle, treble. It's bass, low, mid, high, mid. Yeah. Yeah. And um, and Doug was at the end of the table, and we asked Doug about it, and and Nolly chose some frequencies, and Doug's eyes glazed over for a second, and yeah, I got the circuit ready. It was just like like that. Yeah. And um, and uh, so the combination of dark glass and Nolly, and then what we've been doing all along. Just sort of created this perfect storm of of an instrument that was, I mean, it, it'll do any style of music. Yeah, 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 yeah. But 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 Nolly and and Doug are sort of known for that new sort of aggressive, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah tech metal yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah and, absolutely. Um, yeah. And for everybody else that references classic rock, we're we're kind of like this weirdo brand. But for these guys, this new crop of people, we're like sort of a mainstream brand. You are the brand. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And uh, which is. Quite a bit different, and and so it just took off from there. And how long has that been going for that relationship with Nolly? Two thousand thirteen. Oh, so it's been why? Yeah, five years. Yeah. 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 I think. I better double. I met him here at the London show. Oh, did you? Yeah. So, um, so he bought a couple of bases in two thousand eleven, and and toured with them, and uh, and then we developed, uh, sold him some more bases, and and uh, he developed the ideas based on on the the three bases that he had four bases that he had wicked man wicked well sheldon it's been absolutely awesome having you here where do people find you where do we send them dingwallguitars.com dingwallguitars.com you heard it here anyway thank awesome. you so much mate thank you man. thanks a lot man. Thanks, take it guy. easy guys bye cheers